It's your boys once again, the Mets and Monk. And it's time to continue the process. Here we are. We're just going to do it again today. Just get together. So it's it's so cool because we walk into walk into the booth, see each other for the first time this morning and not a clue. And within a minute yeah, I, th- I think you're, you're taxing it a little bit. I think I think 30 seconds, Llama. Damn, there it was. The, the story. The story. Because we were talking about how we we're going to get it going today. And we we're talking about getting on that on-ramp, you know, to get on the highway or to come off the highway. And it happened a few days ago where there was a situation that Llama experienced. And, uh, you know, that, that single-pointedness, the, the importance of being able to remain calm in a tough situation. Did you feel like going off on that a little bit today, Monk? Oh, yeah. It's, um, we're talking with some people this morning about fear, and it's probably one of the times in my recent life that, that I felt fear. And it wasn't fear about me. It was fear about the opportunity that was right at hand that I could have killed somebody easily. Uh, I was coming up the highway the other day, and um, it was motorcycle madness, a lot of traffic. Stopped at the rest area, which is a thing 73-year-old guys do a lot. And coming back in, and as we were talking about blending into the highway of life, you know, you got to keep your speed and build it up to get in. You just can't come from a dead stop because you never catch up. So I start moving in. I'm looking in the mirror. I see very little, very little opening for me to get into the flow of traffic. And a group of bikes was coming by, right behind me about nine or 10 bikers. And I waited and saw a gap between the last biker, classic biker, big, huge ass dude, and tucked in right behind him. And I was about a car length away. I wasn't you know, coming in to freak him out or anything. And then I pulled right into the passing lane, goosed it because I wanted to get up to speed and get by all the traffic because I had open space. And got in front of them and one of the bikers from the front of the pack apparently i don't know i couldn't tell you the the intention the motivation but it started a sequence of events that he comes flying up beside me on the left hand side i'm in the passing lane and he's on my left and probably a foot away from me comes flying by gets in front of me and does the old brake check um, so I slam my brakes on. He pulls into the right lane and starts to wobble, trying to force me off to the left. You know, this is madness. I made one classic mistake, a gesture. Ooh. That was the only lost point. And then I take off, and he takes off after me. And now I'm just gripping the wheel, just trying to stay right on the line and get out of there, because there's like eight or nine of them. And all of a sudden... He's banging on my passenger side rear window. I'm going 75 miles an hour. And this dude is there banging on the window as I'm passing another car. And at that moment, I was not concerned about my life. I was not concerned about, you know, classic motorcyclist, beat up poor old man with a dress on. And uh, I just didn't want to kill him. 
and I could have in a heartbeat if my car had made a hiccup, if I had made a hiccup, get out of it, get out of there. Uh, there was a gesture back later on, and that was it. But um, I'm sure he didn't realize how close he was on that line and how much focus it took me to stay, not to look at him, couldn't tell you what he looked like or anything because I had to focus totally on what I was doing, which in recovery, those moments come up where you gotta really focus on what you're doing. Most certainly. And the ability to respond versus react, the ability to um, really get into non-action and you know the classic saying, your feelings or emotions won't kill you, but your reaction to them might. That puts things at such a such a close call, such close quarters that things could go wrong, and the ability to to not act out, um, other than the hand gesture, which um, that's also called being a human being, not a human doing, and got to be able to to be a to be a person still, but at the same point not add to what's going on as far as the problem is concerned. Yeah, you know, and looking back on it. The, the moment of escalation. Um, I sure would have liked it. And I got his plate. You know, I got the plate number. And it was all right. I got off the exit. Um, did a little evasive maneuver so that I wouldn't have to have them follow me all the way into town through four lights. And But when looking back again on it, if, if I had a hiccup, if I had heaven forbid, the intention, um, he would have gone flying at about 80 miles an hour off the road and easily died, not a question. And then I've got eight of his buddies, and what are they gonna do? You know, somebody pointed out to me later that night, you'd have wound up in jail because they all would have said that you cut him off, and which makes me wanna tell people in the world that the consequences to action. You never know how it's gonna turn out. You can write the play, but that may not be the play that's acted out. The classic seven Ps, proper prior planning prevents piss poor performance. And to be able to sit and meditate before the day begins in order not to to automatically go with that response because it's it's alluring just like temptation is some attachment to wanting to to lose control and with the ability to do that footwork ahead of time in order to not get into things right away again circling back around to slowing down because that is a superpower remaining calm is definitely a superpower do those seven Ps again, will you? All right. Proper prior planning prevents piss poor performance. Solid Mets. I got to tell you that that's part of what has to happen from day to day. There are times where you can face your day and kind of just be in the flow of it. There's, there's other times where you know you've got to have that plan. You've got to have that maintenance going. Um, and I'm, I'm talking about all different situations throughout the day. But if you don't set aside the time in the morning, there's probably a great chance you won't take the time during the day to slow down. Yeah, because in the morning, you know, we're talking about meditation, um, slowing down, the, 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 the stepping back for a minute. 
and and looking at what occurs either the ha- right behind you or right in front of you. Um, that's the time I had an uncle one time who told me that, you know, if you get up at six o'clock in the morning by noon, you've had six hours and you got the afternoon in front of you. If you get up at like eight or nine, you've got a couple of three hours. So you get a lot more done in the morning. And in the morning, that's when you can make time. For me, the rest of the day, it seems like you're just trying to get time. So you take that moment, you reflect on it, um, and that's what counts. And I'll tell you, when I got when I got back home that that night after the wild ride, it, I thought back, and and it's almost like I wish I knew the kid who it was to just say you're lucky, you know, you're lucky that this old man um, kept a focus on what's going on. But I'm used to it because in recovery for me, it takes focus every day. Mm-hmm. You know, I can let loose a little bit. Maybe that's the hand gesture moment, but um, it takes the focus of of where I've come and what I'm doing. Hopefully, too, to be able to get to a point where there could be some understanding about the misunderstanding. You know, being able to communicate with another person and the value of that, just to just to be able to sit back and and learn from what their experience was. You know, my side, your side, and then. The, the piece that I think about, too, that creeps in from time to time is is not every thought has to be taken so real. Um, some of these thoughts are just thoughts, they're just entertainment, and they're, they're not necessarily so, so important or so vital. They're just a thought. And what really, what really upset me later was I, I carry a red rubber nose, like a clown nose, in my bag. I have it with me all the time. It became, years ago, uh, my tool for ever dealing with moments like that, like road rage or whatever. And when it gets going back and forth, the car cuts you off, you cut the car off. Inevitably in life, you're going to wind up at a red light together. That's just the way it works out. And putting the red nose on and just looking over at somebody and waving one hand, I found just diffuses any situation. But I realized I couldn't that day because I needed both hands on the wheel. If I'd taken one hand off the wheel and gone rummaging around looking for my red nose, mm. that'd have been all she played. Mm-hmm. Yep. And as a major major tool in recovery is to be able to respond versus react, as I was talking about earlier. Um, and without doing that that planning or that that networking that needs to take place ahead of time, things can go south so fast. So. If you are in practice of your own recovery and wanna wanna continue to uh, to respond to situations, it is your responsibility to slow down and take the time you need to do for yourself in order to not lash out. And besides that, too, it's like settling for less. You know, if I'm gonna be living with reliving this situation over and over again. Um, and it's going to take up too much space in between my ears. I want to be able to, to navigate and move through life and my recovery, even in these difficult situations, and just continue to progress. And yeah, sometimes definitely too, things need to be discussed over and over again so that you can continue to unload them a little piece at a time. And if you don't have that opportunity, like that day for me, like those days for a lot of us. When there is no communication, it can be a look, it can just be an action. So you gotta, you know, when I change the paradigm, 
of my life, when I went from active use to recovery, to working on my recovery, I had to change, not just stop using, I had to change how I was reacting, how I responded to things. And that's a, that's a constant thing, and I've been at it to almost 10 years now, but it's still, I'm reminded every day there's a moment where I need to respond, not react. I need to step back, I need to, as mom used to say, Lama, well, she didn't say Lama, but count to 10. Mm-hmm. And now for me, it's just in-breath, out-breath, in-breath, out-breath. Never, never in my life have I ever gotten to a place where I wasn't grateful for the fact that I, that I responded versus reacted. Uh, never, never woken up in recovery and been like, oh, this sucks. Um, you know, quite often it was the other way around coming to after, uh, after a hell of a night and, and having that regret. And it's the same thing with any situation that we're facing day in, day out, because that's, that's life and it will kind of unfold to us the way it's going to like it or not. And in these situations to have no regrets moving forward, you know, or, or, or being able to look back and, and, and respect and just think to ourselves, oh, okay, yeah, that's not how I want to handle things moving forward. I'd like to learn this lesson in order to not having to repeat these lessons over and over again. And if that guy had realized that that was day 22 for me on the 21-day sugar detox, whew, he never would have messed with the monk, <laughs> never. <laughs> Yeah, so that's great, man. I'm glad to hear that you're taking care of yourself uh, on the physical level because you're a very important guy to have around. And um, anyhow, this was another classic, classic Mets in a Monk moment. And we are in the triple R, the Radical Radical Recovery Radio. From your boys, getting it done once again. Thank you all for tuning in, and I hope you continue to get something out of this because the monks got right intention. That much I'm pretty much sure of. Riding the highway of life, folks. 